Give life a little poke. Steve Jobs said something like that. He went on. Everything around us was created by someone no smarter than you are. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to name drop by using his name, but I do like what he said, especially his use of the word poke. It's one of my favorites. It's a word where the sound of it and the meaning of it come together, short and sharp. We bought a few gold coins a few years ago and I loved telling my friends about my gold poke. But what I really want to talk about is what he said, poking life, and that most of what we see around us came from folks just like us, no smarter. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. Lauren Isley, one of my favorite writers of all time, related that he always carried a few seeds in his rucksack whenever he went hiking. He spent a lot of time outside as an archaeologist. He wrote of climbing mountains or being in unusual terrain and marveling at the plants growing in these particular locations. He was fascinated by the mystery of how land, climate, and seeds come together through some evolutionary process. He would muse over how things change weather, topography, soils, etc. He wrote a lot about the concept of time, the long time factor in the evolution of our planet and our life. He would then unzip his small packet of seeds and scatter a few, just a few, in a small place. He knew that man rarely trod the same path, And if someone had come this way, he probably didn't have the particular seeds in his pack. And if he did have those seeds, he probably never threw them on the ground. Isley knew that he might affect change. What kind of change? He had no idea. Some people might frown on this type of action. He always thought of it as his little mark. He just wanted to poke it a bit. It makes me think of the persons who left something in the fire or the refrigerator too long and ended up with steel or penicillin. A local farmer where I grew up was using a rotary lawnmower that he made in his shop long before you could buy one in the store. I don't know if he invented it, but his son said he did. I believed him. My friend in Alaska, a falconer, made airplanes out of stuff he found in dumpsters. These were real airplanes that he flew as experimental planes. The planes were sometimes shaped like falcons. He would cover the wings with corrugated cardboard and fly them to see if there was difference in lift. One time after a snowstorm, I went with him to brush the snow off the wings of one of his planes. Under the snow, the wings were covered in fur. He was trying to see if fur would change the performance of the plane. He made a profession of poking life. Whenever I questioned one of these odd attempts, he would always grow indignant. His eyes would widen. He would fix me with a stare and say, Why not? What I really liked about Steve Jobs' statement was his conclusion that everything around us was created by someone no smarter than we are. He wanted us to feel like we could co-create our world on a base 
just as firm as that created by all of those who came before us. I'm not so sure about this one. Some of us are more adept at one thing than others, but I suppose that does leave a lot of room for all of us to poke life in our own way, and thus perhaps change our world a bit in the process. All of these technological changes that seem to permeate our world provide great examples. Technological change that comes out of garages or dorm rooms explode to do things that their creators could never have imagined. Social networks like Facebook and Twitter are even being given credit for much of the success of political revolutions that have recently shook the world and continue to do so. I'm not so sure all of these guys are any brighter than many of us, but their particular interests and abilities meet with other factors that now exist and they thus find themselves considered brilliant. I'm not so sure Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or Mark Zuckerberg would have fared well in a hunter-gatherer society. The stars are aligned. The planets are in their place. It's their day. Tomorrow? Well, tomorrow's another day. At any rate, I do like the thought of thinking for yourself. When I retired, I intentionally put reading on a list of things to do when I had nothing else to do. I did not want to spend my time reading what other people thought. Retirement's a perfect time to get very familiar with what you know and what you don't know. Most of our life is spent reading, listening, and watching others. Retirement is a perfect time to poke life on our own ground. P.S. Don't get me wrong. I still read a lot. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.